are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in Acts chapter 12 tonight, and it is a joy and an honor to be here and uh, to have the opportunity to speak into your home, and uh, perhaps you're in a different uh, place than your home tonight, but uh, thank you for tuning in to the service. Acts chapter 12, when Pastor originally asked me to preach today, I thought it was an April Fool's Day joke, amen? And so I'm honored to have the opportunity to be here, and I don't know about you, for those of you that have students at North Valley Baptist School, I am becoming daily more appreciative of the school. And to Brother and Mrs. Fenera and the tremendous job that they do and the fantastic educators that God has given to North Valley Baptist School, my wife and I are realizing that we are not homeschool parents. And uh, perhaps you're finding the same thing out. And if you'll pray for our family, we have one child in detention right now, another one that's suspended, and uh, another one that's expelled. And so we're just praying that uh, we'll be okay and I won't mention the name of the child that's expelled. I wouldn't want to embarrass her. And so I'll make sure I don't mention her name, but we're hopeful she'll be able to get back into North Valley Baptist School here in a little bit. While you're turning to Acts chapter 12, I trust you'll give attention to the Word of God tonight. So let's do that. I heard about a little girl who asked her mother where we came from as humans. And she said, well, honey, and she went through the uh, creation account and, and, of course, explained uh, how God created Adam, and then, of course, a deep sleep, and he performed that first surgery and took uh, out a rib and, and made Eve and so forth. And, well, the little girl pondered that for, pondered that for a day or two, and uh, then she was cleaning the garage with her dad and uh, asked her dad, you know, Dad, Mom talked about the fact that God created Adam and Eve, and, and uh, she said, what do you think about that? And, of course, her dad was an atheist, and he went through, of course, evolution and the process there, and Boy, the little girl was really puzzled now, and she pondered that for the afternoon. And after dinner that night, she was doing the dishes with her mother, and she said, Mom, I'm confused. Uh, you and Dad have different viewpoints about where we came from as humans. And she said, you know, Mom, you talked about creation, and Dad says we came from monkeys. And her mom said, honey, it's real simple. Your dad was telling you about his side of the family, and I was telling you about my side of the family. And so anyhow, perhaps we're learning that some of our children are our uh, monkeys, but uh, praise God for his goodness to us. We're in Acts chapter number 12. Look down with me, if you would, beginning in verse 6. In verse number 1, Herod is stretching forth his hand to vex or to harm or to injure the, the church. He kills James in chapter 2, the brother of John with a sword. And uh, this was pleasing to the Jews. So he takes Peter now, and uh, this is during the Passover. And verse 4, uh, he puts him in prison and uh, was intending after Easter or the Passover uh, to kill him or to do harm to Peter. So he's being kept in prison in verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. We find ourselves in our text now in verse 6, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison, and behold, the angel of the Lord, that's going to be a, a, the topic tonight as we look at the angel of the Lord, uh, came upon him and the light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, rise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hand. 
And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And he so did, and so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. Wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And he went out and passed on through this one street, forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, and where many were gathered together praying. And of course, we can go into this story and how funny it is that Peter is let out and he's knocking on the door and they're saying, no, it's just an angel. But I'd like to preach a message tonight entitled, Rescued by an Angel. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the privilege to stand here and preach your word. I pray for the fullness of your spirit. Give me clarity of mind and help me, Lord, to deliver your word as you see fit. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Speak to each heart, we pray. Amen. Peter is arrested before Passover. Herod didn't want to do anything before Passover. And so he's been kept in prison. And in this text, we see him rescued miraculously by this angel. And I love how David said in Psalm 37 in verse number 25, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I'm thankful that God takes care of his people. I want you to notice this imprisonment in verse 3 and 4. Herod hates the church and, and is out to cause the church harm and problems. And may I say, it's a sad day when people in authority abuse their power to punish those who are good and those who are godly. When political leaders choose whether or not uh, after they're elected, they have to come to the point where they have to choose what they're going to do with the power that they have been given. You see, God uh, created three institutions, the government, the home, and the local church. And government has to decide with their power whether or not they are going to protect and to promote the institutions that God has established or whether or not they are going to, in fact, use their power to punish and persecute the institutions that God has established. We see the intercession of God's people found in verse 5. Prayer was made without ceasing to God. And I'm thankful for 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 that tells us to pray without ceasing. I'm thankful for the power of prayer. And Peter's rescue came uh, as the church was praying for him. Simultaneously, God was sending his messenger, his angel, uh, to this prison uh, uh, to miraculously save him. And I'm reminded tonight that we have not because we ask not. Ask and it shall be given unto you and that there's nothing too hard for the, of the, for the Lord. May I say tonight, the only way that churches across our land will ever move forward, it's going to have to be that they move forward through prayer. The only way that our country will ever see revival is going to be because of the prayers of God's people. And I'm thankful for the prayer uh, that our pastor puts into this ministry. And I'm thankful for the prayer meetings that this ministry has had 
to move this church to the place to where it is. But God has greater things ahead for this ministry and churches across our land. But we must be people committed to praying and seeking the face of God. And as we do, we see the intervention of providence come in in verse number 6 and verse uh, verses 6 through 10. Herod wanted to come the same night. If you look down at verse number 6, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night. You see, this is the providential hand of God. The same night that that Herod was going to stretch forth his hand was the same night God sent his angel. God will often wait until the very last minute before he meets our needs or brings deliverance or brings his blessing. And this allows us to grow in our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It helps us to learn not to give up when things look impossible. And so we see providence stepped in. And as providence stepped in, it stepped in at a problematic time. In verse 6, Peter was bound with two chains. Not only was he bound with two chains, he had two prison guards, one on either side of him, plus the two guards outside the door. And he was shackled in this prison cell. And I'm reminded as I read these words from God's Word tonight that we have people all across our country and around the globe who are shackled in sin. And I am disappointed tonight that perhaps, and I don't want to make light of the coronavirus, but I'm disappointed tonight that there are Christians across our land that are more afraid of the coronavirus than when we consider the, 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 uh, uh, the sickness of sin that has crept into our land and it's taken over in our country today. The wickedness and the sin of our day is disgusting in, in the eyes of God and in the sight of God. Peter is bound and shackled in sin. And people today are shackled in sin as well. And I wish that people today were more afraid of sin than they were afraid of the coronavirus. And again, I would never want to belittle the coronavirus but we've got to realize that, that the wages of sin is death. And today, people are shackled. They're shackled in their sin of immorality and alcohol and drugs and anger and lust and greed and covetousness. And I'm here to tell you, when the light of God's Word shines in our lives, the Lord Jesus Christ moves in and He sets us free. And that's exactly what we see taking place in our, our text tonight. The angel of the Lord comes in and shines the light. And I'm thankful tonight, the picture of the light is a picture of the Word of God. His Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We come back to Peter shackled in verse 6. Humanly speaking, it was impossible for him to escape, but we serve a God of the impossible tonight. He delights to step in when things are impossible. Not only was providence stepping in at a problematic time, but providence stepped in at a peaceful time. And I love it because the girl's just saying, God sees the storm from the other side, and he likes to speak peace to our heart. Notice with me at verse 6, and I love this. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping. I love it. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's very evident that Peter had already prayed. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7 says, Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then it says this, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. 
And Peter knew what had already happened to James. Peter knew that he was really on death row. But Peter wasn't up fretting that night. He was sound asleep. And I'm here to tell you, I had the privilege over a decade ago to visit the Mamertine prison where Paul wrote much of uh, his epistles. And while I would assume that this prison cell was perhaps very similar, it was dark, it was damp, it was cold, it was miserable, and yet Peter was completely at peace. There is no peace for the people of God when they're not people of prayer. We must cast our care upon Him, as Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 7. He learned that truth because He careth for you. I like that statement, turn your care into prayer. Providence stepped in at a peaceful time, but Providence stepped in in a powerful way. God sent His heavenly messenger, the angel of the Lord, in verse 7. And then we see this light that shined in the prison. This is a miraculous light. It, 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 was, an, it was a necessity. They didn't have electricity back then. This was, this was a light shown from God above. This light was not illuminated by man. It was illuminated by God. And thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And then we see a heavenly mandate in verse 7. As uh, the angel smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Rise up quickly. I can tell you, I can tell you this. After having four children, we have four children in our home from 13 all the way up to 19. And I'll tell you this, they would much rather have mom wake him up in the morning than dad. And the reason they'd rather have mom wake him up in the morning is she is so sweet. She'll come in and speak softly to them and keep the light nice and dim. Uh, you know, crack the door open and let a little light come in from the hallway into their rooms, but not dad. Oh, when dad comes to wake him up, he flips the light switch on and shakes him a little bit, thumps him on the shoulder and says, get up, it's time to go. And I'm here to tell you tonight, this angel showed up and he, he, he smites Peter on the side. Light shone, shines in and, and, and he says, hey, get up, it's time to go. And when the message of God's word smites our life, it demands action from us. And it's not always a gentle situation. And I can't tell you what God is doing in our day, but I know this, God is trying to get our attention and God is trying to stir our hearts and God is trying to get us in tune with his word because God's word will not return void. And if we are going to see revival in our day, it's going to be because of the prayers of God's people, but it's also going to be because of the light of the word of God. The light of God's word must shine in the hearts of God's people. We must live the word of God like never before. So many of God's people are so dirty and vile and living such wicked lives that their light is not shining for the Lord Jesus Christ. How in the world can we expect the lost to want to have the life that we have when we're not living as if the Lord Jesus is coming again? And so we see this light. We see this angel smite Peter, this heavenly mandate, this miraculous obedience by Peter that comes in a very meticulous way and he gives him some commands get up get dressed and follow me may I say this evening that we should never despise or delay the commands of God who do we think we are in verse 7 the chains fall off from his hands 
Verse 10, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. They came to the iron gate that leaded to the city, which opened for them of its own accord. These are supernatural miracles, and everything that happens here is miraculous, and they were a divine manifestation of the power of God, and God was intervening in a divine and a powerful way, and Peter needed these miracles in order to come through this uh, a situation and be set free, and God could have done all of this by Himself, but God generally chooses not to do for us what we can do for ourselves. God does not work miracles in the lives of those who are lazy. And he tells them to rise up quickly. The command he gave Peter, even though the angel was there to help him, put responsibility for him to get up. And then he tells him in verse 8, gird thyself. He tells him to get dressed. You know, it's an amazing thing when the Word of God... And in the light of God's word, it shines in on that person's life, how it changes their dress. And by the way, this principle is all through the word of God. And while modesty today is mocked by so many, I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what the scoffers think. It doesn't matter what the critics think. The only thing that matters is what the word of God says. And what Bible topic today is popular. There, there aren't any Bible topics that are popular in our day to day. And the angel says, follow me. And if Peter wanted to be rescued, he had to follow the angel. He had to stay close to the angel. It required that he walk by faith and not by sight. In verse 10, they have to pass the first and the second ward. And I would have to stop here for a moment and imagine the fact that if Peter could have had it his way, I'm sure he would have wished he could have just been shot up through the the ceiling. But that's not what God's plan was. And God wanted to lead him out past the guards, past the other guards, past the first ward, and past the second ward. Do you understand that Peter's life was in danger when this happened? If these soldiers had, had saw him, they, could have, uh, they would have caught him and beaten him and thrown him back into prison. Perhaps they would have even beheaded him. Peter was walking by faith and not by sight. Whose orders are you following this evening? Are you following God's orders? I want you to notice the meditation of Peter, his instinct as he meditates in verse 9. The Bible says, And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And then you skip down in verse number 11. It says, And when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from the, uh, the expectation of the people of the Jews. Peter is astonished. And the Bible records his response here as he's shocked. He's questioning the reality of his rescue. He wondered if he was really just having some kind of dream and observing This miracle, as he's now standing outside and astonished, he begins to ponder the fact that he has his freedom back. And I want God's people to ponder this for just a moment. If we don't take time to meditate and express gratitude to God for the freedoms that we have, we're going to lose the freedoms that God has given to us. And Peter is pondering his freedom. For the first time in American history, I'm told that churches are going to be shut down on Easter. And I understand that the casinos are shut down, 
And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful that the theaters are shut down, and I understand that. I understand that concerts are shut down, and there's a whole list of places that people could go, and, and I understand that. But it ought to bother us that the church houses this Easter are going to be sitting empty. And I am not suggesting that it is time to reopen the doors because I believe that the church right now is following Bible principle as they love their neighbor as themselves. And there is a heightened concern right now in our day. But I'm here to tell you, we ought to obey God at some point rather than man. And as Peter is aware of what's taking place in verse 11, he, he talks about the fact that he was delivered out of the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the Jews. And Peter was delivered by all of this. And, and the Jews wanted uh, uh, Herod to kill Peter, and that was pleasing to them. And may I say to you tonight that when powerful men think they're running the show, oftentimes God steps in in a supernatural way and in a dramatic way to let everybody know that he's still in charge and he still sits on the throne. And as we consider this thought of the angel rescuing Peter, I want you to see a couple of other places in the book of Acts with me. Turn back to chapter 7. and there are, I, This is a good study to do in Acts, and I won't take time to take you through all of them. But this reminded me of the message Brother Cooper preached a few weeks ago, verse 30. And when, and, and when 40 years were expired, Stephen giving his sermon, talking about Moses, there appeared unto him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. And when Moses saw it, he wandered at the side, and he drew near, and behold it, and the voice of the Lord came to him. Skip down to verse 53 of, of uh, Acts chapter 7. It said, Who have received the law by the disposition of angels. Go to chapter 8, if you would, and look down at verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, and we have the story taking place here. Rise and, 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 of course, go and speak to the Ethiopian eunuch. And there's so much that could be said. I'd like to have you take your Bible and go to Galatians, if you would. And then we're going to go to Revelation. As we think about this angel of the Lord. And I'm reminded tonight that in Galatians, Paul is speaking to the churches of Galatia. And originally, I was going to be preaching from Galatians chapter 4. And here in verse 14 of Galatians chapter 4... Paul tells the churches of Galatia, and my temptation which was in my flesh, ye despised not nor rejected. He said, look, you didn't despise me, churches, and you didn't reject me. And he says, but received me as an angel of God. An angel of God is a messenger of God. Just as you received Christ, he tells them, you've received me as a messenger of God. And with that thought in mind, I'd like to have you turn, and I'm building on some thoughts here tonight. I'm going to wrap this up to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, and we have the description of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we come to verse 16, and he had in his right hand, speaking of Jesus, and he had in his right hand seven stars. Skip down, if you would, to verse number 20. It says, the mystery of the seven stars which thou saw in my right hand. And the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. You know what he's saying? He's saying, the Lord Jesus has, he has his stars in his right hand. And his stars are his angels. They're his messengers. And I'm thankful for the angel of North Valley Baptist Church, Pastor Treber. 
I'm thankful for his leadership at this time in this country and in our church. And I'm reminded tonight that as we understand that the Lord Jesus here through Revelation chapter 1 is teaching us that the pastors that he gives are literally placed in the right hand of God. It reminds me of how safe and secure God's men are. And then we come into chapter 2 and 3. And we have the seven churches. In verse 1 of chapter 2, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. And he closes with, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. And then verse 8 of chapter 2, unto the angel of the church of Smyrna. And then chapter 2 and verse 8, uh, verse 12, the angel of the church of Pergamos. And chapter 2, verse 18, and the angel of the church of Thyatira. Chapter 3 and verse 1, and the angel of the church of Sardis. Chapter 3 and verse 7, and the angel of the church of Philadelphia. Chapter uh, 3 and verse 14, under the angel of the church of Laodicea. And I understand that these churches were imperfect churches and there were problems uh, in the churches, but I'm simply saying tonight that God sends His messenger uh, to His churches. And just as God used the angel to help lead P Peter out of bondage and out of sin, I'm reminded tonight the answer to our country and the answer to the bondage in our world today are men of God who take the Word of God and shine the light of God's Word into dark places. And I'm thankful tonight that 44, going on 45 years ago, that God led Pastor and Mrs. Treber to Santa Clara, California. And I'm thankful tonight that for all of these years, God has been using their lives to lead people out of bondage and to shine the light of God's Word in their heart and in their life. And I'm simply saying tonight that you and I need to choose to be an angel for the Lord Jesus as we shine the light of God's Word. Revelation 22 and verse 16. And I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you those things in the churches. Let me conclude with several quick thoughts tonight. Stay close and follow your angel. Members of other churches, stay close to your pastor. Pray for him and follow his leadership. As I think of the fact that prayer changes things, may we stay on our knees seeking the face of God during this time. And I'm reminded tonight that as we do so, it's possible to be at peace. You can pillow your head at night at peace in the midst of a storm because we know that God is in control. May I say tonight that God expects us to do our, our part, and that's to walk by faith and not by sight. And then be reminded that God is in control. I'm going to give you a couple of verses. Psalm 91, verse 4 through 6. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Psalm 121, verse 3, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. You can rest your head tonight knowing that God is in control and as I've quoted already, the psalmist said in Psalm 37, 25, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The answer that we need tonight is not only prayer, but the word of God. And I'll close with this thought tonight, Psalm 138, verse 2. It says, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. I don't know about you, but for me, as I stand to preach... 
I want to be very careful that I don't magnify my name above God's word. Because God has magnified his word above his name. And God needs his angels at this time in our nation's history and in our world's history to take the light of the word of God and shine it into dark places. God wants to use your life. Will you yield yourself to him tonight with heads bowed and with eyes closed? We need to realize that people are in bondage to sin. If you're here, if you're listening to this sermon tonight, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you as you bow your head right now, just simply pray and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and save me and take me to heaven someday. And as you're in prayer tonight, perhaps you would say, Lord, would you help me to stay close to my angel? Thank you for Pastor and Mrs. Treber. Give them strength and give them wisdom. Give Pastor wisdom as he leads our church through these times. And Lord, there may be some scary moments, but we, may we by faith trust you and follow his leading as God. We know he's your man. And as there are other members of churches listening to this service, no doubt tonight, may you stay close to your angel as well. Pray for them and lift them up and ask God to help them be bold as we stand and preach the word of God in these days. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.